What is up, my brothers and sisters, my agents of respect? It's your boy, Trey Johnson, back for another episode of the No Disrespect But Podcast. Uh, before we get started, first, before we get started, started, I want a uh, special shout out to them, to those men in that garnet and old gold. Happy Founders Day. Uh, members of the podcast at Alpha Fraternity, so happy to be part of this organization and happy for the lifelong brothers and friends I've made along the way and everybody out there uh, who's watching just know that we love you and uh and happy to be a part of the brotherhood but also make sure um to like the channel subscribe to the channel comment what you want you can wish me a happy founders day that's more than okay um and but you know always feel free to comment but make sure you keep those uh comments respectful and if um, you want to support your boy on his special day or any day of the week uh, as your favorite podcaster. The link to do so uh, will be in the episode description. So today we're going to finish up just kind of talking about the NFL Combine and some of the players we're looking forward to. Did offense on Tuesday, going to do defense today. In hindsight, I should have reversed it because as we speak, uh, there's some – defensive uh, folks going and they've done their drills. So um, some of this stuff, you're like, Trey, you're behind. But, you know, like I still haven't had a chance to see it all. I'm going to watch it, uh, rewatch it, so I can just kind of take it all in. And so it's kind of talking about what I'm excited to see and what I'm looking forward to in some of these prospects. And I want to start on the trenches this time, starting with the D-line. And so uh, we're going to start with Dwayne Carter, defensive tackle out of Duke University, uh, 6'2", 300 pounds. Um, so film shows guys incredible uh, run stoppers, a little agile so he can get off blocks uh, really quickly, especially when trying to maneuver against um, pulling guards. Uh, I know one thing that's a question mark about him is his sack production. Um and, you know, I think that's something, you know, as a defense attack, well, I think the first thing people want really, uh, especially in this day and age, I don't care how great the quarterbacks are, your defense tackle has to be able to establish uh, the ability to stuff the run. And so we'll work on the pass moves later and things like that. And there's enough uh, schemes where on pass rushing situations, you're pretty much putting four edge rushers at the line. And then going that way or sending in your linebackers and things like that. But, uh, you know, a team that's getting this guy is definitely going to get somebody that's going to be a run stopper first and a sack artist second. Hell, he may never even materialize to be a sack artist. But um, but I believe that he can grow or grow well enough to be um, a good player in this league. So I just kind of want to see a little bit more about um, in terms of drills, see a little bit more of that, that quickness that we may have seen on film. And kind of that ability to to share blocks, especially in pass rushing situations, just want to get an eye on uh, what does that timing look like for him. And 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 essentially, look, we might not get sacks, but can you push uh, that interior offensive line into the defenders, into the to the quarterback slap? And so we want to see how does he utilize his strength um, in some of these drills, and, and that's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, next guy, uh, Justin Abogby out of Alabama, also a defensive tackle, but can play a little edge as well, kind of on the smaller end in terms of what you think of as a uh, defensive tackle. He's 6'4", so has definitely the height, but 297 pounds really on a good day. And so that's, that's a little light for what you believe your traditional defensive tackle should be, but he does bring a level of strength and quickness. 
So he can definitely stop the run. You could need somebody you can pull on the inside, stop the run. But also some somebody on the outside that can get to the quarterback as well. Now he doesn't have an arsenal of pass rush moves, and that's fine. I think a lot of it he uses his he utilizes his strength to get to the quarterback. And look, this was a guy that has some injury issues at Alabama. Probably didn't even think he he was going to finish his career. And he came back, got healthy, finishes the year with seven sacks. So while he doesn't have that pass rush arsenal that some people are looking for, again, somebody who's a, a strong inside guy, I want him to stop running first. That's what Justin's going to bring you. And then a guy that, hey, if I need to go get the quarterback, you can. You have enough to go do that. And I think he proved this past season that he could do that. Now you want to see it show more in some of these drills. Obviously, when he's drafted, you want to see it show up more in practice and, and hopefully in game. So uh, that's a guy I'm looking forward to from a, a defensive line standpoint. Um, a guy that I'm pretty sure a lot of people aren't familiar with. Um, I wasn't too familiar with him, but but kind of wanted to give him a look. And that's Jalix Hunt. I hope I pronounced that first name correctly. Um, he's an edge rusher out of Houston Christian, FCS school, Southland Conference. Um, was 2022 uh, second team um, all Southland Conference. Um, 6'4", 252 pounds. So, so really a, a big guy. Um, and, and something you kind of look for in that edge rusher, I would say uh, film shows and even his numbers to a degree show he's a natural pass rusher. He can get um, to the quarterback. I do think uh, there's going to be a level of strength that we're looking for from him. So we want to see some of that show up in the reps because that can always show up on film, um, especially in the running game. But, um, you know, again, in this day and age, especially from an edge rusher standpoint, you want them to maintain the edge in the run game. But at the end of the day, those guys, the guys that get paid the big bucks are guys that can go get the quarterback. And he's a guy that could be a mid-round pick that – it come into it, uh, I would say, very, very raw prospect. Um, I mean, granted, the guy started out as a safety and then transitioned to an edge rusher. So that shows a little bit about his athleticism and his versatility, um, what he can do. Uh, had um, this past season, uh, had four sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. And I'm going to credit that one interception uh, to his days as a safety and being able to uh, track the ball. But um, definitely. Definitely a versatile guy, and so really want to see how he matches up, especially being an FCS guy. You always want to see how he matches up against the FBS guys, and and I think we, you know, have, if you know ball, you know if you got it, you got it. Doesn't matter what division you played in. So um, it's always good to see those those guys get an opportunity uh, to compete and and showcase their skill set. Um, then I got a guy, Muhammad Kamara. Everybody keeps saying that's uh, Alvin Kamara's cousin. Which would be cool if he – I mean, I know they're not cousins, but it would still be cool if he was on the team. Uh, but he's an edge rusher out of Colorado State now. I really saw him for the first time, ironically, going against Colorado, and the guy was just showing up on the screen. He totally wrecked that game. And had Colorado State held on to beat Colorado, he would have been a big reason why uh, that was the case. Um, he actually finishes his career with 32 sacks, which is pretty good. Um I know what I saw in that game and then kind of what I started to see in games after that when I did have a chance to watch him. Extremely explosive off the line. Um, now, I do think because he is so explosive sometimes when he goes up against an offensive lineman that can counteract that first step, 
doesn't always have that that counter move to him. And so that's probably something that, um, that we would want to look for when we're looking at, you know, his reps during the combine and things like that. And, and want to see a little bit more of his flexibility um, and how, um, you know, while he has an explosive step, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a bendy rusher, so to speak. So when it's time to kind of bend around that pass block, how does he how's, how does he navigate that? So that's something that I'd look for. Um, and then uh, last but not least, Jerry Verse. Now, Jerry Verse to me is right up there with Dallas Turner in terms of the best edge in his draft. Um, and really for him, I'm just really looking for measurements. And I, I saw some of those. I think he's listed as 6'2", which is kind of small for edge rusher. But at the end of the day, I mean, again, I'm a production-based evaluator. And – you know, you can say, oh, well, yeah, we saw what he did at Albany, right? 14 and a half sacks. And you're like, oh, well, that's Albany. Well, guess what? Florida State saw this guy hopping off the screen uh, against Syracuse, offers him a, a chance to come down. And guess what? All he does is dominate at Florida State University and dominating the big conferences and the best of the best. And he still was able to do that. Um, total 18 sacks in his two years um, down in Tallahassee. And, and like I said, I don't care what the measurements. I just wanted to see. Uh, for sake, because everybody says he's small, but when I see him, he looks big. He looks like a large guy, but obviously you want to see true uh, what it looks like. But the tape shows dominance. Now, I will say for me, there were times I watched Florida State games and I forgot he was on the field. Now, that's not something the drill is going to show me right, but that's just something that I think about when I think about Jerry Verse. There were times where, I mean, I would, I don't, I don't want to say that he took plays off. I don't necessarily think that was the case, but there was just plays where I just forgot he was on the field. And to be as dominant as I know him to be and what he's projected to be at the next level, you want to see that motor. You want to see that high motor every single play. And so hopefully um, that was just an uh, anomaly that I was seeing on tape and that just wasn't the real deal. And so uh, looking forward to see what he does in the league. Um, but really was interested in seeing some of those measurables, uh, really more so to see what others think about it. Because, again, I think he's a top 10 prospect in this draft. So we'll see. Um, going over the linebackers, I want to start with uh, Junior Colson, linebacker out of University of Michigan. Um, elite in coverage. Um, one of the best on film that I saw being able to stick with running backs, being able to stick with tight ends, um, even from a zone standpoint, being able to run up field with some slot receivers, uh, which are all things you love to see. Beautiful sideline, sideline range. Uh, strong for his size, not an extremely big guy, um, but the way he plays, you wouldn't notice it. Um, but sometimes it does show up in the run game. I think even in the Alabama game, uh, when Alabama decided at times to impose their will, you saw an inability, so to speak, to shed blocks as quickly as you want uh, your linebackers to be able to do so, just so um, it's not the running backs aren't getting to the safeties and things like that. So um, just want to see a little bit more of that strength um, um, and and just that that force that we know Junior Colson can be on that defensive end. Um, Second guy I want to talk about, Curtis Jacobs out of Penn State. Um, now, for me, I always felt like, again, with linebackers, especially in this day and age, I want to know your ability to cover. Yeah, I know running, run stopping is important, but don't be a – I don't need you – I don't need a defensive tackle at linebacker, right? I need somebody that in certain situations 
They can cover running backs out of the backfield. They can cover tight ends. They can cover, you know, run a little bit with some of these slot guys because that's what people are utilizing. And so we want to be able to kind of mirror those guys a little bit. Um, and, and so our cornerbacks and defensive backs that are in kind of help positions or, or really primary positions and you as the linebacker or, or more sort of help, how can you um, support your teammates in that endeavor? And so uh, Curtis Jacobs, I'll say um, definitely from a co coverage standpoint, you can trust him in man to man. Uh, not too many you know teams can say they trust their linebackers to be able to hold up in man-to-man -man coverage. I think Curtis Jacobs is one of those young uh, players that you can. Now, again, not the best versus the run, and I think he can um, kind of take angles too early or kind of go downhill too early and get lost in the mess, and then um, now you're opening up lanes for the, for the opposing running backs. But I think that's something that, grows in time i think if he goes to a right to a, to a to a good team they kind of help mold some of those things but again i think a guy that right now maybe comes in in third down situations and when when you want to kind of still play a little bit bigger but want to have a guy that can be quick enough and agile enough to hold himself in coverage and things like that curtis jacobs is a, is a good guy at that linebacker position um i want to go to a guy in jeremiah uh, Trotter Jr. Look, I know it's the bloodline. I remember his dad uh, in his playing days when I was a kid. So it's crazy. He kind of shows, makes you feel old when you grew up watching some of these players and now their kids are going into the league. Um, one of the best blitzers in this class, um, if not the best, in the sense of he just knows the proper angles. He knows the proper timing, not to give it away too early. So it's just extremely smart in how he sets that up. And, and again, um, you, you see a lot more linebacker blitzes than maybe we've saw, we've seen in previous years. And kind of that ability to be able to disguise that is going to be extremely important with how smart not only quarterbacks, but offensive linemen, uh, coaching staffs, and, and their ability to uh, diagnose that, right? So um, really, really great blitzer. Uh, Elite eye discipline doesn't really get caught, especially in that college uh, era of the read or the RPO, the read pass or the run pass option. And linebacker discipline is extremely important because if they aren't disciplined, they will give up big plays. And so he showed um, an ability to have uh, elite eye discipline and knowing, OK, is it really a run? Uh, you know, is it really somebody coming behind me? on the pass route. So that's going to be extremely important translating to the next level. Um, again, that eye discipline um, does help in his coverage ability. So we love that. Um, now I am more interested in seeing how his, um, let me take this, this from my mouth. Sorry about that. I'm more interested in seeing how uh, he translates uh, to the NFL um, given his versatility and, and, his, and his agility and things like that, I could very well see him at his size, maybe making a transition to safety. But honestly, in today's day and age, you need kind of that speed demon at linebacker, and you just need to get some big boys up front. I think uh, there were times where we try to have small linebackers and small defensive linemen, and that just doesn't work. So if he goes to a team with kind of, let's say, a Philadelphia Eagles, they got big boys up front, he could be so, so dominant uh, if he ends up in Philly. Um, but like I said, he could be somebody that we may see play 
some safety in his career. It's just interesting to see how um, defensive coaches uh, decide to utilize him. Um, another guy, Peyton Wilson, who I will say, if not for injury history, would probably arguably be linebacker number one in this draft class. Um, so when it comes to what I'm looking for, I do want to see the medicals. I know in one of his interviews, he said, um, or when he was at the press conference, he said, you know, teams that have interviewed with him, they, you know, they don't, they aren't scared about his injury history. They're kind of viewing him on a clean slate of being injury free because he was very much so injury free last year. And so that's kind of how they're viewing him. I mean, if you're going to view him from that, from that standpoint, the guy is incredible. Uh, turnover generating machine, uh, has seven career interceptions, uh, forced fumble, two fumble recovery. So he knows how to get around the ball and take the ball away and get it back to his offense, which you love. And an ability to get sacks, had 14 sacks in his career. Um, so we love to see that. Um, like I said, probably arguably the best linebacker in this class uh, when healthy. Uh, ability to cover, ability to stop the run, ability to get to the quarterback and pass rush situations when you want to send your send your linebackers out on blitzes. And so really excited, praying, praying, really praying for him to have a healthy career because you never want and that's for everybody right you never want careers to be hindered by injuries you want them to have every opportunity at full strength to show that they belong and they can make things happen and I'm and I believe that if Peyton Wilson um stays healthy we're going to be putting him in some of those uh those conversations of, of the best in the history of the game so really really excited to see where he lands and, and like i said as far as the combine really want to see his medicals and what they're showing and um and and are we really good that that's really the big thing for me and and last but not least in the tommy i can uh in the, in the linebacker course tommy eichenberg out of the ohio state university and i'm gonna say right now one of the reasons why i'm really interested in him is because the pedigree, the pipeline. Uh, being a Saints fan, I mean, shit, you might as well call uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes the Ohio State Saints because we always find a way to pick one uh, from their group. And they just do a good job of developing guys that uh, under Dennis Allen we have liked and they have translated uh, well. Um, you know, we know Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, we know Pete Werner. We know Mike Thomas. We know uh, Chris Olave. And so it, it just feels good to have a Buckeye in the building, I think. I think it just uh, when you're having guys that come from winning programs and, and programs that do things the right way and, and understand discipline and work ethic, it's just always great to have that in your locker room. But, again, it's not just the nostalgia and things of that nature. It's what he does on the field. Now, I said you don't always want a defense tackle at the linebacker position, but again, you at least want a linebacker that can stop the run. And I will say there is a uh, a strength that is above all strengths for Tommy Eichenberg. It is his ability to be a run defender and have an active motor, know how to read lanes and gaps, and understand. Okay, this is where I need to go to get to the to the running back, and the ability to close on that and and be a uh, secure. Tackler, you love that out of Tommy Eichenberg. Of course, I want to see his coverage ability. I always get scared with some of those big burly guys and how they can hold up in coverage. And uh, excuse me, so I always want to see how how they do that from a drill standpoint, but also from a film standpoint. Um, and was it an effective pass rusher went on uh, when you've been going in on blitzing situations? So I do want to. Um, see how that translates um, to kind of, you know, NFL work and everything like that. But again, pipeline is, is one of the reasons why I'm really looking at this guy because we always try to get Ohio State guy. And and I can see him being one of those guys we uh, take a chance on um, 
I'm going to start in the DB room, and I'm going to start with Terry and Arnold, the only cornerback I have on this list, right? Um, one of the reasons why I think he's the most versatile defensive back, whether cornerback or safety, um, in his class. I mean, we've seen this guy play outside. We've seen this guy uh, play slot. The guy could have uh, switched to safety at the University of Alabama if that was something that Coach Saber decided to do. But no, um, you know, had some some bumps and bruises early on in his career, but came back last season with the vengeance. Wasn't even a guy that was high on uh, draft radars, but he made himself some money. Playing opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry, obviously you're going to get a lot of, of the targets. And he held his own. Um, and so we appreciate, I mean, I know as a fan of the Crimson Tide, I appreciate what he brought um, and kind of that, that attitude and that mentality of just dominance on every play. But, but yeah, versatile defensive back. And, and you guys, you know, a couple episodes ago, you know how I feel about defensive backs that bring a level of versatility and we can put you in multiple situations uh, because you want to get on the field. Um, everybody says they want to get to the NFL, right? But you really want to get on the field in the NFL. And if you are a versatile player and you can uh, provide uh, multiple benefits, so to speak, and impact multiple areas for your team, uh, you're going to go far. Um, and where you might not be ready completely to take maybe that starting position in a certain role, there's things that you're, you'll be doing that, hey, we need to get this guy on the field. I always go back to a guy like Elante Taylor who can play outside and dominate outside, getting to learn the slot a little bit. And you saw towards the end of the year he improved. And a guy that can kick back to safety if need be, but I don't think that would ever be the case. But a guy that was so good and that you needed to have him on the field, right, and just that ability to adapt and say, okay, I'll be slotted. That means I get a bunch of reps and I get to be on the field with two of the best in the league and Marshawn and Paulson Debo, and I get to add, get to be there and add to that dominance, I'm going to be there. So that's something that I think a guy like Terry and Arnold can bring, except instead of a sec being a second-round pick, he's going to be a first-round pick. Wouldn't even surprise me um, if he is the first cornerback taken in the draft. I do love his height, love his footwork. I love his ability to tackle and his willingness uh, to tackle. Um, zone coverage was – was a, was a little bit of a, a head scratcher sometimes. And I think that's where you know, he would get beat, probably not trusting uh, his athleticism as much um, in, in tracking the ball in those regards. But um, love them in man coverage. Obviously, that comes with a level of aggressiveness. And so you always want to know how will that translate to the NFL. Sometimes when you're super aggressive, that can be holding and things like that. So um, so always interested in, in seeing how that goes. Um, one guy I'm thinking about um, at the safety position, and so the next four are going to be safeties. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Cameron Kitchens uh, out of the University of Miami, the U, uh, does cover ground very well. You always want kind of that ball hawk. Because um, I will say, when you have a safety that's a ball hawking and cover ground, that allows your defense, your cornerbacks, to be extremely aggressive at the line because they trust that, hey, if I do get beat, in this press, I got a guy that can cover that ground quickly and make up for my, my mistakes. You saw that in a guy like Marcus Williams that early on allowed guys like Marshawn Lattimore to be super aggressive at the line of scrimmage. And so you trusted that you had that guy on the back end. And that's what Cameron Kitchens brings. Um, he can hit and he can hit very hard. He can knock the ball loose, uh, but can take some bad angles every now and then. And because he does hit really hard, Sometimes you can get sloppy, so you can go shoulder first. We, we look. Granted, we come in the hit stick era. We came up in the hit stick era on Hammond. I mean, on Madden. So, not everybody's you know 
outside tackle. Nobody's doing that as much as they should. We're losing fundamentals. We're losing recipes. But, and you know, it is what it is. It's the game right now. Um, with the lack of practicing, especially in the NFL, that's kind of what you get. So um, while he while he does have a have a huge impact and can hit you really hard and make you feel it uh, for four Sundays, um, he does need to probably improve just his tackle security because guess what? If you can't secure tackles in this league, you'll be gone. Um, and and I discipline again, being a ball hawk, being a guy that tries to cover a lot of ground. You can get stuck. You can come up when you shouldn't, or you can stay back when you shouldn't. And so, uh, you know, that'll, that'll come with time. Um, I think, especially from an NFL standpoint, and where they really want to distract their eyes and what they're doing, uh, I think he'll grow that eye discipline. So, really looking forward to to just kind of some of the things that he's doing drill wise. Uh, another guy I'm looking at is Tyler Newbin, uh, listed at safety out of Minnesota, uh, fifth year senior. Now, uh, he's a guy. A guy that can take the ball away. Broke many records in terms of interceptions at the University of Minnesota. Uh, much like Tarion, uh, is very versatile. He's a guy that can play the slot when needed, but you know, he's a safety at heart, has that safety build, wants to come up and hit you, but he'll go take the ball away as well. So you love that. Love having him around the ball. God that I think you might want to play at the star position uh, coming in, into the NFL and, and still a guy that you mean they, they have to address and he'll always be around the ball. Um, I think he's really good at that. Um, not extremely agile. So I will be cautious um, to see how maybe he, he goes up against some of the quicker receivers, especially in the slot. Um, and, and so that can hurt him a little bit. And, and I will say this, Kind of like, again, with Tarion, with that aggressiveness, you want to add a little of finesse to, to complement your strength. So don't rely too much on your physicality because depending on the day, depending on the referee, it may be a flag one day. It might might not be the next. But I, I'm really looking forward to him showcasing how much of an athlete he really is and being able to skyrocket up some, some draft boards. Um Another guy, and I hope I pronounced this right. I don't know if it's Sione or Sean uh, Bavaki, uh, safety out of Utah. He is a Swiss Army knife. The guy plays all three levels, plays on defense, played on offense. Like he lined up at running back, was getting touches, and did really well, and plays on special teams. So, really, a Swiss Army knife, um, a real speedy guy. Now, last year was his first year starting full-time at safety and so you had some struggles in man-to-man in the sense of he was really good against running backs out of the backfield but not so much in terms of a, a, a size differential uh, attacking tight ends so you want to know okay can I trust this guy to hold up especially when I'm putting him on a on a Travis Kelsey or a, um shoot there's not too many good tight ends in the league in my opinion but um you know if I'm putting him on a Travis Kelsey can he hold in coverage? Can he hold in coverage against um, uh, a Foster Moreau? Can he hold in coverage against um, uh, my guy in Cleveland? Um, so, uh, David Njoku. So, like, guys like that. Can I trust uh, Vaki to be able to hold up in coverage? And you couldn't as much at Utah. And I will say this, another kind of not, and I wouldn't say a not, but really it's just that he has raw experience. Maybe he wasn't that good in coverage against tight ends because he didn't play a whole lot at safety. 
in terms of being able to start games. So last year was his first full year starting. And so, you know, maybe it's a surprise that he decided to jump into the draft this year. But he's a guy that can give you everything. Uh, he's an athlete. I mean, if you want to put him in on offense, you can do that. You can get him the ball in ways and get him the ball in space, and he can make some things happen for you. So really interested to see how he fares against his peers. And you hope that whoever was counseling him led him to the right decision because when, you know, granted you're already getting invited to the combine and things like that, imagine had you stayed another year and learned more at the safety position and add more experience. We'll be talking about a top, you know, 25 top 30 picks. So who knows uh, how that, that pans out for him. And last, Deep back I want to talk about another safety because um, that's what I'm looking at at this draft. Um, Jalen Bullard out of UGA. Uh, good ball skills and coverage. Uh, knows how to find the ball in the air. Um, a bit undersized. 195 pounds, 5 foot 11. But shit, he, don't, he doesn't play like it. Again, when the, what the film shows you is that um, it doesn't really affect him that much. It may affect some level in tackling and being able to share blocks when some of those big guys are, are coming your way. But, um, again, when I look at safeties, I want guys that know how to get around the ball. And um, and Jalen Bullard has done that very, very well in throughout his collegiate career. And I think that's something that's going to translate um, to the NFL. And so, you know, in terms of my my defensive line, linebackers, and, and defensive back, those are my guys. And from a specialist standpoint, the only guy I'm really wanting to see is Will Reichard. And that's just because I'm a missing. Um, have no idea what Alabama is going to do at the kicker position. But uh, it's always a blessing to see Will Reichard kick the ball. So uh, really wanting this more so. I'm glad he's there. want to see what, what people are saying about him. Because, shoot, if I had a six-round pick, I might consider drafting him um, and utilizing him on him. Uh, so, so really interested to see see what people say about him um, at the combine. But uh, sucks. I should, like I said, I should have did this in hindsight. I should this episode on Tuesday is the offensive episode today. But at the end of the day, um, we adapt, and I still enjoy being able to talk about these prospects. These are guys that I will be looking at in the NFL as well in their NFL journey, and I hope and wish them all nothing but success. Even if they play for division rivals, it is not their fault where they get drafted. Um, probably want to root against them, you know, during those times. But at the end of the day, uh, always want guys who have an opportunity to put food on their table um, and create a life uh, for their families and loved ones that may not have been po been possible um, before this opportunity. So I always want these guys to maximize that opportunity, change their lives, change the lives of the people they love and care for the most, um, and, and be able to, to stay healthy do well, make a lot of money, get out, take care, take care of your chicken, take care of it, take care of it, um, and, and, you know, invest wisely, and then you can do things outside of the sport. So uh, really excited to see what these guys, both offensively and defensively and special uh, specialists, um, and even guys that, you know, get opportunities to be on special teams, and that's the way they're going to earn money uh, starting off. Love it. Love it for them. You guys, you've made it to this point because of the work ethic, um, because of your trust um, in your higher power, whoever you serve, and uh, keep that. Keep that, hold on to it, and I think you're going to continue to see uh, success in your career if you do those things uh, day by day, step by step. So with that being said, enjoy the rest, fans. Enjoy the rest of the NFL Combine. Um, really interested to see some of the guys that you guys 
are looking forward to or have seen and are really excited on. I mean, my whole Twitter uh, feed has been talking about uh, how Dallas Turner is shooting up draft boards and how these cornerbacks are running four twos and stuff like that. So everybody's extremely excited about what's going on. Uh, we saw some of those big boys uh, the other day at the decent line and the offensive line running fantastic 40s. Not that I think that really matters, but it's just pretty cool to see big guys running, be uber athletic. So um, enjoy it. Um, watch out for the prospects. Look forward to rooting for these guys, um, especially if they come to your favorite sports teams. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a fun month and some change until uh, draft day and see where these guys go. Um, and more important, I think some of the guys that are going to be undrafted free agents always looking forward uh, to seeing where they go. So, um, so really excited, really happy. Now, that's the end of our show, guys. Um, if there's anything that I said that offended anyone, uh, that's a good thing. It's an opportunity for me to learn. That's an opportunity for you to teach me. All I ask is that you keep it respectful. Peace.